Hello, and welcome to A Tale of Two Bookworms. My name is Tony. I'm Kylea. And as it is the second last day of August when we are recording this, we thought it would be a good time to do our August 2021 edition of A Tale of Two Bookworms. You no, know, it sounded like audition. Audition, edition. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. You're not wrong. Theater on the brain. <laughs> Today, we are going to be reviewing American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Ew. Back of the book. Oh, I was trying to find it. <laughs> okay, I had it ready. I just thought you put the book upside down. I would never intentionally. <laughs> ah, this says it's a modern masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Go on. Yeah. Oh, it's updated and expanded with the author's preferred text. Did we read the same edition? Yes. Okay. Yes, we did. First published in 2001, American Gods became an instant classic lauded for its brilliant synthesis of mystery, satire, sex, horror, and poetic prose. That's from the Washington Post. And as a modern phantasmagoria, what is that? Phantasmagoria. I don't know what it means. I'll look it up. Okay. We'll tell you after. That distills the essence of America. That's the Seattle Post Intelligencer. Is Intelligencer even a word? I will look that up after Phantasmagoria. I already <laughs> forgot how to pronounce it. <laughs> it is a story of Shadow, released from prison just days after his wife and best friend are killed in an accident, who gets recruited to be a bodyguard, driver, and errand boy for the enigmatic trickster, Mr. Wednesday. So begins Shadow's dark and strange road trip, one that introduces him to a host of eccentric characters whose fates are mysteriously intertwined with his own. For beneath the placid surface of everyday life, a storm is brewing. An epic war for the very soul of America. And Shadow is standing squarely in its path. All right. And uh, just to go through those two words, they both are real words. Intelligencer is a person who gathers intelligence, especially an informer, spy, or secret agent. Wait, wait. Who, what dictionary is this from? This is from... I already went back. Rude. I mean, I don't doubt it. It just seems so... I mean, why not just say spy is what I think. It's from Oxford Languages. I trust Oxford, although they do have a uh, new section for all the new words. All All the new words. Such as like the ones that aren't words, but people use and are now words. Oh, like ain't? No. Because I thought ain't got made an official word. We are off topic. Phantasmagoria. Oh, I know. Words like irregardless. Oh, that's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Irregardless, however. Hush! (laughs) Phantasmagoria, a sequence of real or imaginary images like those seen in a dream. Because I always dream in real images. Why Why wouldn't they just say images instead of real or imaginary? I don't know. I don't know. That's Oxford for you, though. Ah, Oxford. Okay, so American Gods. This is one of my favorite books. I read it the, for the first time, I think, four years ago. And then mm, last Christmas, I think I got it for you. No, it was two Christmases ago. My oh, my year. gosh. It was when we first started dating. Yeah, okay, so two Christmases I got it for you, and then you started reading it because I told you it was one of my favorite books. And I think... I think you just got it for me because you got me your favorite books. I got, yeah, I got you The Stand, which, you know, we reviewed 
back in January yeah, or February. American Gods and Animal Farm, I think. No, Animal Farm was much more recently. Okay. <laughs> but, um, and, and then you started reading it, and then you realized you really, really didn't like it. It was so and, boring. <laughs> and then once I started reading it for the second time, like a month or two ago. Um, it's longer than that. Hey, time. Tony, what is time? I finished this book a long time ago. What um, is time? But then, but then we started reading it and we finished it. And you know, when I started reading it the second time, and it was quite a bit after um, you had started reading it, and yes. I've gotten to know you better in this time. And I'm reading, it going like, oh, no wonder she doesn't like this book. <laughs> yes. Because it's it's um, awful. now that I know more. About it, it's not <laughs> awful. This thing is. Uh, a Hugo, Nebula, Locus, Bram Stoker, Geffen, and SFX award-winning novel. Yeah, but Tony, remember the the novel you just finished is also a Hugo award winner? <clears throat> Anyways, I like this book, and you didn't. So <laughs> let's talk about it. Why didn't you like this book? Uh, extremely boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say not a lot happens like it's it's very uneventful in in a lot of ways you know mm-hmm. what else i didn't like the plot no no <laughs> like you didn't. even when it got to the third part and everything came to a head and mm-hmm. it's like oh mm-hmm. something's actually happening i'm like ah this almost made it worse <laughs> um and of course, you know, reading this book, knowing that, that you didn't like it, I just tried to examine why do I like this book so much? I love, for I think for myself, I love things of scope. And this thing does have a lot of scope. Like, the, the stakes are quite high. It's a battle of all the old gods that were brought over from, from Europe and Africa and Asia that were brought to America by their believers. Maybe I should talk a little bit about that before I go into it. Basically, in this book, uh, the idea is that everybody who immigrated to America and all the people who were from America, they all have their gods. And that as the belief fades, the gods die. So as these new gods are coming in, like money and, and railroads and, and you know people believe different the things. The internet and technology and TV and things like that. The old gods are dying worship. out. Things Not that they worship. believing, because I mean, you can believe in your banana, but well, I do believe in bananas. But they're not gods. <laughs> um, so because all these old gods, like Odin and Chernabog and Anansi, like they're believer, they don't have a lot of believers. The whole plot of the book in the states, at least in the states, yeah, because they still have counterparts in mm-hmm. their in, in their respective countries. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing is is a trick pulled by okay you're just giving away we always give away everything (laughs) spoiler alert the whole thing is a trick by two gods to do this massive sacrifice in a god's name so that they will get enough belief to keep going a little bit longer because odin needs sacrifices that's mr wednesday yeah one of the main characters of the book. Yeah. One of my favorite characters in the book. Why? He's so gross. He is very gross. One thing I read about him when I was doing my research is that 
Uh, he has the powers of disguise, charms, and sleight of hand. And as he is deceitful, he's unable to connect, to truly care for anyone else, because it's his nature. And uh, that, that might be one of the reasons why he's as gross and as awful as he is. Yeah. I was and trying to he think. He should be allowed to die off. <laughs> I was he trying to think why I liked to him. Die off. And I, I think there's a very. It, it's a very mystical. <laughs> animals. They've been so quiet all day until this moment. Well, they know we're podcasting. Um, but there's a very mystical quality to him. And. I will forgive a lot of things in the name of mysticism and scope, like I said. Not always, but they are things that will typically make me more inclined to like a book. You also like big books. I love big books, and sometimes I pay dearly for liking big books. Such as the one he just finished reading. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell. Boring. Which we won't be reviewing because I refuse to read it. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. <laughs> um, Alright, so we talked a little bit about uh, Mr. Wednesday, who is Odin, as Odin's day turned into Wednesday, so it's kind of like... Uh, my word. It's kind of like... Um, what would you call that? When, when... Who knows? What are you talking about? Well, how, how Odin became Wednesday... Like, uh, in the book, it was just because Shadow asked his name. And he's like, I can have any name. Yeah, I, I meant but more like how But the day was, did... the day happened to be Wednesday that yes, they met. No, I meant more like how how did that become the day? Like how, how Thursday became, how Thor went into Thursday and, and Frida that went does, into that's Friday. That's not covered in the book. No, it's not. It I was just asking. Be, oh, in real life. Yes. No, I have no idea. No, I know. Neither do I. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of characters in this book. I mean, it's a big book. It makes sense. Uh, the main character is Shadow. Yeah. What were your thoughts on Shadow? He doesn't have much personality. He really doesn't, no. But apparently he's very big. Is this the right book? He's a tall man, yes. He gets referred to he's as... He's a big man. He's a big man. Yeah, of... Uh, Every ten pages. And... But he's so big. And no one can figure out, like, his, his descent. Like... His ethnicity. His ethnicity. Because uh, he's, he's darker, but he doesn't really look like any particular ethnicity so a lot of people are always guessing at it for the whole book but psych we find out who his papa is it's wednesday so he is uh in sense a demigod um i didn't know this until i started researching but he is based on the norse god balder who i've never heard of balder dash um and also his character is a manifestation of this thing like the king of america and I didn't get that at all. Like, okay. I don't even think that translated personally. What's a king of America? Shadow is. What? I don't know what it means. The United States but, of America? Or yeah. Or like the continental America? Let's say the United States of America, because that's kind of what the book's more about. Um, I didn't find that. I don't really see where no. that connection is. Mm -mm. Uh, some similarities between him and Balder was that uh, the coins showcases power as a sun god i guess because i don't know he had the power of of light shadow or balder balder had the power of light and shadows using the coins was supposed to like represent that 
Again, I didn't really find that. When did he use the coin except to give it to his dead wife and accidentally raise her from the dead? He was always doing coin tricks. Like even back in prison before any of the, the major events of the book started, he was doing little coin tricks. Yeah, I know, but that's not... Like, what is that? It's coin tricks. How is that a godly thing? It was representative. Repre, it represented. <laughs> it represented. Uh, and this is just what I read. I didn't find this at all, but it represented Baldur's powers over the sun. I didn't find that. <laughs> Wait, doing coin tricks? Yes. Like I could understand how maybe getting the coin, like the the coin trick that McSweeney did, and grabbing the gold coin from the sun mm-hmm. from that pot or whatever that. You know, maybe, maybe that's more it. what they meant, but then that, that would was make McSweeney's more sense, but trick. not the yeah, exactly. That was McSweeney's trick, and yeah. Shadow couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he got so drunk when McSweeney showed him the trick that yeah. he couldn't remember it until much, much later on in the book. He remembered how he did it. Yeah, and then doesn't do it. Well, he doesn't need gold coins. Why not? Doesn't need money. He just needs to get to a tree. He doesn't know it at the time, though. He doesn't know what? That all he needs to do is get to a tree. No. No, he doesn't. He just thinks he's a bodyguard for some psycho. Now, I remember with... um... And why is he doing it? Because he's getting paid a lot of money. And he has nothing else to do. He doesn't care about anything, really, because his wife dies. He just pick some gold coins he could go off on his own and stay out of trouble yeah but that's the one thing he doesn't want to get into trouble he wants to stay away from trouble Mm -hmm. but he does he he has nothing else for and he agrees to do these things for wednesday uh and he is very much a man of his word and once he signs on he questions many times like why am i doing this why am i with this guy and what he comes back to is like i made a pact and i'm gonna do what i promised to do that's very integral to Shadow's character. Well, sometimes it's better to not. Yeah, but that's that's never going to be what Shadow does. Shadow well, maybe that sticks should have been a lesson word. he learned. <laughs> you don't always have to keep your word. I don't think... Because well, so, depending on the circumstance, you can merit to leave a situation. Yeah, if, oh, if it's for not, sure. What, especially if somebody's being deceitful. Yeah, and, but... And, I, you know, Shadow wouldn't have had to been... Uh, strapped to a tree and left for seven days and died uh, beaten by the the gods on the other side like uh, when the the tech boy and his guys beat him or when mm-hmm. mr wood and mr stone take him and he gets beaten like he would have had an easier life if he did not get involved yeah but that's He'd not be like that's is. not what i signed up for yeah 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 we wouldn't like have... it doesn't make sense i don't know to me i'm a person of my word it's like Maybe you met met Hitler when you're a, a teenager and you guys are buddy buddy and you promise him like yeah yeah I'll always be by your side I'll always support you and then he you know World War Two happens ha 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 well I'm a man of my word so of course I'll be by your side and support you it's like that is an extreme example uh, how is that any different from this book when uh Wednesday did not kill six million people wednesday is trying to kill all of the gods no he's not yes he is because they're the sacrifice for him so that he gets more power but he doesn't want six million gods to die i'm sorry does the amount of them matter a little because it's a few thousand i don't think it was that many 
I think we're talking like a couple dozen. That's not a couple dozen. If you actually, if you read the thing, the amount of people that showed up for the supposed battle, and and he didn't care which side the gods are on. He got because he no, was getting they just the, mass the new gods and the old mm-hmm. gods, and I'm pretty sure that there were thousands of them. I I I didn't read it as thousands, but and they didn't all Think die. Think about it. Every no, but that was his plan. Was all of them would be sacrificed for his name. It was a massive battle, and it needed to be in his name. For it to mean something, as as but as they a, were supposed to die because if they don't die, then it doesn't mean anything. Because his he only gets I power. Didn't find that. Oh my word, Tony! It's it's the second guy that his whole point was he's he he threw the stick thing and the stick thing was supposed to to kill everybody. Was it supposed to kill everybody? Yeah, but then the was it the the wife? She was like her last deed. She's like, oh, I'm gonna kill this guy before you can kill everybody else. Right. The yeah. purpose was to kill all the rest of the gods on both sides I, I don't, in Odin's I, name. I didn't think it was to kill them all. Yes. Yes, it was. I don't. I, I'll, I'll agree to disagree on that. <sighs> I'll find it. Too bad this book is like 800 pages long. <laughs> um, there's other characters in the book. Uh, there's other gods on the side of Shadow and Wednesday. Uh, Mr. Nancy, who represents uh, the trickster spider god of Ganna. There's Chernabog, who is the Slavic god of darkness. And then there's um, the Egyptian gods represented, represented, why do I have such a problem with that word? (laughs) Represented by some funeral keepers in a town called Cairo. And then there's... And of course they're Egyptian gods. Of course they're Egyptian gods. It's Cairo. Because whatever. Because whatever. Then there's uh, the Leprechaun, Mad Sweeney, uh, all sorts of different folklore represented. And then there's the other side, which has, as we mentioned, uh, the gods of media and technology. And uh, Loki is working on, on that side because the whole thing is a massive grift between Odin and Loki, where they pretend to be fighting each other when they're actually just going for the same thing, which is to fool everyone into doing this giant battle so that Odin and Loki can get the belief, which is like um, fuel for... Food. Food. Food for the uh, for the gods to live on. Yeah. I've totally forgot about the when Shadow goes to that random town. I just saw it. Uh, you're talking about Lakeside? I guess so. The the town where it's around Christmas time and then there's Hinzelman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very large part of the book. I thought that was the best part of the book. Which is interesting, because you found it... Uh... It was like a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, no, it I was. I love murder mysteries. <laughs> I love mysteries. Now, did you find it a murder mystery before he goes back and, and finds the bodies in the car? Well, when they... As soon as he starts talking about how this thing keeps happening... Over and over again. Oh, the the missing children. Yeah. You okay? Interesting. Yeah, First, because if there's more than one, and they're all occurring at the same time of year. Then it's like, okay, there's a serial killer involved. Yeah, and I don't know why. I, I never, I, I never really thought that that was going to be a big thing in the book. I thought it was just like, oh, kids leave and kids get abducted, and, and that maybe that was like a, a commentary on America because you know children go missing a lot. <laughs> I would, and I was just hoping that they would tell me why. 
And like, you, you better uh, tell me why. And you got that. <laughs> and me, I'm looking. <laughs> you don't read enough murder mysteries. This is true. You didn't inherit your aunt's 200 book paperback collection of murder mysteries and the mm. occasional Harlequin romance. No, I did not. <laughs> While you're looking for that, something I read about um, Neil Gaiman is uh, when he was writing this book, he kept a blog online of the entire writing copy editing process uh, allowing people to kind of see into his process and into into the publishing process uh, I thought that was pretty cool of him to to be open about his his writing experience because a lot of writers like they don't like talking about how they write what they write but he was like I'm gonna share the whole journey with people he still keeps the website up to date currently um, and he'll update it every once in a while, more so with uh, just essays and, and not necessarily things about American Gods, but just about himself and, and his writing. He even put American Gods on the website for free for a month back in uh, 2008. It reminds me a lot of uh, Radiohead when they released their album in Rainbows. They released it for free the same day, I think, also 2008. I, I like it when artists are like you can enjoy my art for free i think it's a cool thing of them to do well if they have enough money from it then they can do that yes any luck there there's too much in this book <laughs> like i know i'm close but i have 140 pages to peruse so you're close yeah there's uh there's a lot of themes in this book mainly mythology and belief as well as uh, change and growth, and sacrifice, deception, America, and uh, specifically it not being a good place for gods or religion per se. Uh, there's a lot of similarities in this book to Small Gods by Terry Pratchett, which we have reviewed. And I thought Small Gods did a better job about the belief feeding gods. Yeah, about how gods need belief to, yeah. to survive and how it gives them strength. Uh, Gaiman and Pratchett, they've been, Terry Pratchett's not around anymore, but when Neil Gaiman was first starting out, um, his first or second novel, uh, I think first, was written with Terry Pratchett, and that was Good Omens, which we've talked about before. So they're, they're both British fantasy writers who were very much fans of each other, and I think in a lot of ways, American Gods was a bit of a homage to Small Gods, even though very different storylines. Personally, I, I like that it's uh, it, the whole, the whole crux of the book is just one giant grift. You know, uh, Odin talks about various grifts throughout the book. And the fact that the whole thing was just one big trick between him and Loki, I actually kind of really like that. I also like that scene when Shadow's uh, giving his life, sacrificing himself for Odin, and he's on the tree, and he he realizes he's still alive, and finally, like he shows that personality, like he enjoys life, and he's like, I am somebody, and I like that. Cause his ex-wife, dead what? wife. Yeah she she told him like wife. there's like there's nothing to you like mm -hmm. you're dead inside sort of and and finally he came alive in that moment 
Well, he literally did because he literally died. Yes. And they told him to go back. Mm-hmm. Basically. <sighs> now, uh, something in this book I think we can probably agree on was, uh, you know, all the stories, the, the side stories that had nothing to do where the, it was the coming to America storylines where it told various stories of how these oh, gods yeah. first came mm-hmm. to America. I, I thought they were pretty meh for the most part. What did you think? I don't remember them. Fair. I, I know I like some of them at the end. Uh, well, closer to the end. I, I like the one with uh, the people who worship the mammoth skull. And I think they're like some of the first people to come over because they came over on the, the land bridge. Yeah. Uh, I like that story. I didn't mind the one with the twins who were separated and one ended up, I think, in Haiti and leading a slave revolt. And, oh, yeah. That was interesting. Uh, yeah, I thought so. All right. We're almost done. Maybe we'll find uh, that passage before we end. So I will I will go with some quotes before we go. A town isn't a town without a bookstore. It may call itself a town, but unless it's got a bookstore, it knows it's not fooling a soul. I think that was Hinzelman in Lakeside. Hmm. Not only are there no happy endings, there aren't even endings. That's Bast, the cat god. Fiction allows us to slide into these other heads, these other places, and look out through other eyes. And then in the tale, we stop before we die. Or we die vicariously and unharmed. And in the world beyond the tale, we turn the page or close the book, and we resume our lives. I like that. I think that's what I like about Neil Gaiman and his writing. Like I, I, I like his style quite a bit. And that was a, a good sentence. I believe that all men are just overgrown boys with deep problems communicating. That's Sam, the uh, the hitchhiker who Shadow picks up near near the end of yeah, the book. Yeah, the girl. Mm-hmm. And they kiss randomly. They had that random kiss. I think she's a lesbian. Or bi. She's definitely at least a lesbian, but... At least bi, you mean? I don't know. <laughs> she's she's, she she's definitely a lesbian. She definitely had a girlfriend. And I yeah. think she might also be bi. Um, this is the only country in the world that worries about what it is. That was Wednesday. And I actually think that was a very good descriptor of American culture. You they know? don't worry about what they are? That they worry about what they are. Oh. Like other countries, he's, he's saying that other countries know who they are. They have that identity and they're not always concerned about what it is. But America's always thinking about what it is. I believe that anyone who claims to know what's going on will lie about the little things too. Also Sam. Oh, and this was sweet. It's, it's a very romantic quote. I could be blindfolded and dropped into the deepest ocean and I would know where to find you. I could be buried a hundred miles underground and I would know where you are. That's sweet. That's the late wife to Shadow, right? That is. Yeah, that's right. Um, any luck on that? I'm going to pause this and come back. Okay. We will be back. Okay, this very short break for you. And and not so long for us. Once I started looking, I was able to find it. Well, I mean, Maybe because I like it. And then you've I also have, read it twice. Exactly. I have more, more memory of, of what went on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we determined that it, it 100% is death. 
that uh, they needed to to feed on. Because at least Shadow surmises that you wanted a massacre, you needed a blood sacrifice, a sacrifice of gods. And Shadow then says, and you two feed on death, referencing Wednesday and Loki, Odin and Loki, if you would prefer. And uh, Wednesday confirms, he says, I feed on death that is dedicated to me. Yeah, so this, the throwing of the spear dedicates the battle to... And all the death that occurs death in that occurs. battle. I still don't think it was thousands, but it doesn't say. It doesn't say one way or the other. So, regardless, um, Wednesday is not a good person, you know? He's, he's not a person, he's a god. Sure. And that's the other thing is, the, the gods in this book, I found, they, they really didn't have much to do with human traits. Like they were quite removed. Yeah, yeah, I I would I would agree with that. I mean, um, they're not they're not as relatable as how gods are perceived in other other books. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they have the ability to change. Yeah, I I, w- I would agree with that too. Like they are who they are. Yeah. And uh, I think it said something like that along the lines somewhere in the book. Probably. But I'm not going to look for it. No. <laughs> we'll be here for hours. Um, <laughs> so as as uh, as a book, I recommend this to everyone. Of course, if you've read this, we've ruined everything. So if you're a fan, I, I love you. If you're not a fan, I love you. Just kidding. I don't know who you are. I don't know if I love you. However, one of us would recommend this book. One of us would not. And that's just how it is sometimes. Yep. <laughs> um... Let us know your thoughts. Thank you all for joining us for A Tale of Two Bookworms. My name is Tony. I'm Kalea. And we will see you in September, maybe. (laughs) We're going to be very busy, so if you don't see an episode come out till October, we apologize in advance. Mm -hmm. Okay, bye.